Oh, you may be seated. Rach, you are living my dream. I'll never need an umbrella. That's all, the only bit that I knew, but I could just... I was rapping with you in spirit, Rach. Wasn't that good? Come on, you give the team a hand one more time. They are amazing. I love it. You know, we are blessed with a, uh, a church that loves to serve from the creative team to hosts to cafe team, uh, all the way through. It's so beautiful that we can see the body of Christ and every member playing their part and together, it's a beautiful picture. And so, church, I want to thank you for doing that. I want to thank you for over this year, just continuing to lean in, continuing to serve God, serve each other, uh, from, from people care to all the way through. And even when we couldn't meet in services, there was always people that were serving others. And I think that's how church is meant to be. And it's beautiful. So why don't you give yourself a hand? Because you deserve it. It's been amazing. Well, let me pray this morning. Lord, I just thank you. I pray for your word this morning, Lord. I thank you for this season that we're in. It's Christmas time, Lord. It's a time to celebrate. It's a time to look back and remember what you've done for us, Lord. And I pray that today, that out of your word, you'd encourage us and challenge us, Lord, that you'd speak to every heart, every life this morning in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, I've got some good news to let you know that uh, we are going to the two square meter rule from tomorrow, which means uh, next Sunday we're going to have more space in our services. We are going to continue to have two services, our 9 and our 10.30 service, uh, and, and see how that goes. But if we went back to doing one, we wouldn't be able to s still contain everybody to, that needs to come. And so it's going to be great to be able to have... The two services and I'll be able to have more, basically double our numbers in those services as well, which is amazing. And we're not going to have to turn people away anymore or make them go and sit in the, in the cafe to watch the service. And uh, it's just been amazing to see that people have just continued to lean into church and it's opening up more. And uh, congregational singing is back tomorrow, uh, back from tomorrow as well, which is amazing. And so it's great to see restrictions easing. We can sing Christmas carols. We can have all the things we want to do at church over the next, uh, next few weeks as well, which is going to be a great celebration. And so praise God. It's good to see it's all opening up for Australia, which is great. But I, want to, I just want to speak this morning a message entitled, An Unprecedented Christmas. An unprecedented Christmas. How many times this year have we heard the word unprecedented? I mean, it's been talked about so many times. It's a word that we're not going to need to go to the dictionary in years' time to, to realize what that word means. We've heard it so much. We've understood it. We've had it spoken to us. Unprecedented. And we think about how this year, perhaps Christmas is going to be a different year than other years. There's going to be some small changes to it in terms of maybe our experiences in the past, but... Really, it's nothing in terms of being unprecedented in comparison to the first ever Christmas. Can you imagine for Mary and for Joseph how unprecedented that Christmas would have been? I mean, we talk about a little bit of uh, being, being disturbed this year. That was a massive uh, change, a massive sense of chaos and crazy within a family at a Christmas time. You know, just in, in general, Christmas can be crazy in terms of packed shopping centers, 
You think about stressed out people as the years coming to an end and how people can be um, easily angered. You think about how family and friends, Christmas parties and end of year events, how we're all trying to fit those things in and make sure that we can get to this one and that one. What about trying to travel to see friends and family or on Christmas Day to try and make sure you get with this side of the family and this side of the family, make sure you juggle all of those things to try to get to them and all the travel that's involved and the schedules and things that happen Christmas. Christmas can get crazy. Christmas can really build up and be a time where it's, it's crazy and it's stressful. But the truth about Christmas is it's actually very simple. The Christmas story is simple but yet powerful at the same time. And we like to complicate things as human beings. We like to allow stress and worries and the cares of this world to sometimes come in and steal away the simple, important things in our life. And it's really hard to keep the main things the main things. Because distraction and comparison and and what's going on in our world can take us in a whole bunch of different directions. But I guess this morning I want to center us again on the Christmas story. I want us to remember why Jesus came to earth. And why this story is powerful and yet simple but yet profound. An unprecedented Christmas. Let's have a look at Luke chapter 1. And let's have a look at the story that unfolds there. It says this, in the sixth month... Of Elizabeth's pregnancy, which Elizabeth is John the Baptist's mom, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Greetings. Favoured woman, the Lord is with you. She didn't realise he's about to drop a bombshell on her. She was a favoured woman. God loves to send somebody that starts with these phrases, just a bit like Gideon, mighty warrior. And and it's exciting and it's great, but then you're going to lead people to war. There's a story behind it. God loves to remind you of who you are, so you're ready for the challenge that's in front of you. And I love in this story, it then goes on to say, Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus, which means saviour. Now, this is where the story starts to get interesting. It was great while she was highly favoured. It was great while she was a wonderful woman that had caught God's attention. That was a fantastic part of the story. And then for Mary, in this unprecedented Christmas, she realizes that it's not just that she's highly favored, but she's about to be pregnant with the Savior of the world, Jesus. And so this story starts to take a bit of a turn here, and she starts to understand there is some weight behind this story. And when you think about this for Mary... We look back upon this story, we look back upon the tradition of Christmas and it's beautiful to see the nativity scenes and Mary and Joseph and and baby Jesus there. But we don't really perhaps understand the craziness that Mary and Joseph would have went through. The faith that they would have had to have to trust God when Mary, the virgin, would produce a child. 
How could this take place? It seemed crazy to her. And not only that, but you think about for Mary, how her life was completely altered. It wasn't just a, a blessing that was prayed over her. It was, you're going to have the Savior of the world, which means you're going to go through the pain and uncomfortability of being pregnant. And then the conclusion of the pregnancy doesn't get much better. From what I've heard, it's quite painful. Very similar to the man flu, apparently, in levels of pain. And so there's a great sense of inconvenience to Mary in this story and how this could be something that would, instead of feeling like a blessing and being highly favoured, felt like a huge responsibility. Now we look back upon it and we think, oh wow, that's fantastic. But it was a huge moment. And can you imagine being Gabriel, the angel? He's the person assigned by God to pass on the message. Hello, Virgin Mary, just letting you know that you're going to have a baby and it's going to take place miraculously by the Holy Spirit and that's going to take place. Can you imagine trying to convey that to somebody? I love how God delegated that out to Gabriel. That's a, that's a great call right there. And so it says here, confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the, the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. Pretty important question from Mary to ask right there. I love how Gabriel is straight into who Jesus is, what the story is going to mean for humanity and, 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 and the difference that Jesus is going to make and that he's the savior of the world. He's focusing on, on that. But Mary very rightly so says, hold on a second, just, just a quick question. How? How is this going to happen? And then I love this. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and who will be called the Son of God. Very quickly, in one sentence, Gabriel just highlights how it's going to happen and then moves on to speaking about the holy God, how incredible he is. And it shows me very clearly that Jesus was consumed with the why. He was so consumed that the, the heavenly, our Heavenly Father, God was consumed with the why Jesus was coming even more than the how. He, he, there was a why behind it. There was a why behind Jesus coming to earth. It was you and I. It was humanity. It was the reason that he came was to save us from our sins. Jesus means savior. And it's beautiful to know that Jesus had a strong why. Verse 36 goes on to say, What's more, your relative Elizabeth, which is John the Baptist's mom, has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say that she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. And Mary responds this way, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. I don't know whether we'd all would have perhaps replied and responded in the same way. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclamation to Mary. 
God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greetings, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. This is a powerful story. And it's a story that has changed the course of history. And I guess for all of us, Christmas is a time to remind us why Jesus came to earth. It puts things back into focus. Every year we get this reminder of purpose. We get this reminder of who God is to us. We get this reminder of why Jesus came to earth to save us from our sins. And we are reminded of the important things at Christmas time. And so I just want to highlight and talk about three things that Christmas reminds us this morning quickly. The first one's this, number one, the reason Jesus came to earth. You know, when it says here in this passage that he will be great, he'll be called the Son of the Most High, you'll conceive, and his name will be Jesus. That meaning is Savior. And it's very clear that Jesus came on a rescue mission for you and I. We talk about the reason that Jesus came. It wasn't just to fulfill an Old Testament prophecy, although it did do that. What the Old Testament spoke about reflected to the New Testament and what Jesus did. And there was a prophetic word that was fulfilled in that moment. It wasn't just that that took place. It wasn't just that we needed to have somebody that would be the substitute for our sin and that there needed to be a blood sacrifice for our sin. It was actually you and I people. That is the reason that Jesus came. The reason Jesus came to the earth was you. The reason Jesus came out of the majesty of heaven to earth in human form was on a rescue mission for you and I. People was the reason for Jesus. And it shows us very clearly how much value Jesus places upon our lives. So you don't take big actions without a big reason. You think about it when it comes to to going to war. You don't go to war with somebody unless there is a reason. You don't get married without a reason. You don't make a big financial investment without a reason. And you don't come down as God in heaven, in, in the flesh, in humanity to save humanity, to die on a cross for our sins without a reason. You and I are that reason. And I think in the excitement of Christmas, we should never forget the power of that reason. We should never get too complicated that we forget the simplicity and power of the reason Jesus came, and it was for you and for me. See, God moved into the neighborhood of humanity. It says in Ephesians 2 verse 10, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do good things that he planned for us long ago. The problem is, although we are a masterpiece, sometimes we allow the dirt and the grime of this world to get on us. And when we're looking in the mirror at ourselves, we see our failures We see our faults, we see the directions that we shouldn't have taken, we see the mistakes we've made, and we start to look at ourselves through our own lens instead of actually looking through God's lens towards us, which is love, acceptance, and forgiveness. And that's the, that's the reality of the gospel for all of us, that we can live from a place knowing that Jesus moved heaven and earth for you. 
that he came, even though it's a crazy story, it's an unprecedented Christmas, he came knowing why he came. He came knowing there was a reason, and the reason was you and I. The second thing this morning is this, the response asked of us. It says here in this story, after Jesus outlays it all, uh, so a guy outlays it all, it says, Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. May everything you've said come true. I love that response. And I think that's the beauty of Christmas. Christmas allows us a response. Christmas isn't just about ritual and tradition. Christmas is about a response. God's response to our sin, sending Jesus, and our response to Jesus and what we're going to do with our relationship with Him. See, it's just a bit like when someone says, I love you, it requires a response. Even a no answer is a response. Even a silence is actually a response. If you're hanging there and you've just told someone that you love them, and there's silence on the other end of the, end of the, uh, the room there, you know it's not looking good for you. <laughs> and I think for all of us, Christmas is a reminder that we are called to respond to Jesus. And not just, I'm not just talking about making a decision to follow Jesus initially, but I'm talking about a daily relationship with Jesus, that we would continue to respond in relationship with Him. We continue to know Him in a personal way. I love Ephesians 2 verse 8, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself, it is the gift of God. So we respond by faith. And I think sometimes we forget the incredible power of what our salvation is. We forget the fact that salvation is precious. And for me, Christmas is a reminder of how powerful and valuable that gift is. And sometimes with lots of our things, we don't realize how valuable it is until it's gone. You think about if you've ever lost your wallet or a passport or your keys how stressful that is and you're running around madly trying to find it and it's just this mundane thing that you usually just have in your pocket but all of a sudden when it's lost you're thinking about cancelling all your cards you're thinking about your driver's license you're thinking about all the things that are lost in that moment there's chaos it's craziness you've lost it and you don't realize how important it was until it's gone and I think for all of us we should not forget how important our salvation is. A couple of months ago, we had somebody just drive up onto the forecourt with a trailer and a piano on the back, this old piano, and they just, just rode up, drove up out the front of the forecourt of the church and then just pushed off this piano, just pushed it off onto the forecourt. Luckily, didn't smash our tiles, but hit the front of the tile and dented the front section of where our tiles are, pushed it off their thing, got back in the car, and we we're like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? He's like, gift to the church. And then, and then starts driving off. And we're like, we don't want the gift. That's your rubbish. We've got to now pay to dump it. And so this person starts driving off the road. So we get, grab their number plates. Tim Campbell, straight onto it, detective, grab the number plates, called the police. The police call the guy that was known to them. Anyway, about 10 minutes later, the guy comes back, jump back on the forecourt again. And he got, he got his trailer again. And here we are. Now we're helping him load up this piano back onto, back onto the, the trailer and take it away again. And we're saying to him, mate, what were you thinking? 
Oh, a gift to the church. I said, we said, no, that's not a gift. That's your rubbish. How would you like it if we went to your place? We've got a lot of rubbish around here. How would you like if we came to your front yard and started dropping off the rubbish? It doesn't work like that. We had some fun banter with him about it. He thought it was a great gift to the church. That's the thing about Jesus, though. Jesus doesn't just come and dump salvation on us. We choose. We choose to respond. God's a gentleman. He gives the opportunity there for relationship, but we must choose to respond. That is the beauty of free will. If you're forced to love somebody, that's not really love. But we can actually choose whether we want God or not. And that is a true form of love. Yes, of course, Jesus wants to have relationship with us. But he's not going to force us into it because he wants us to choose. And I think this Christmas time is a reminder for all of us to respond to Jesus. To not just respond to the title Christian, not just respond to the rituals and the, the routines of Christmas, but to actually respond to Jesus. Forget about all of those things for a moment and think about This Christmas time is an opportunity to grow closer to Jesus. It's actually what Christmas is all about, but in the craziness of it, sometimes we forget that actually growing closer to Jesus is the greatest gift that we could have in this Christmas season. And third and finally this morning, the reward of accepting Jesus. says here, you are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. See, the greatest gift of Christmas is Jesus. Relationship is the reward. You think about it, when it comes to a marriage certificate, the reward isn't the marriage certificate. The reward is the relationship. You think about a birth certificate, the reward isn't the birth certificate. The reward is the relational journey that you're going to have with this child. And it's the same with Jesus. It's not just about a decision we made many years ago. Now I have the title Christian. It's the reward of relationship that we can have God with us, Emmanuel. God that would come down to the neighborhood of humanity, not so that you could know Him from a distance, but so you could know Him close. The reward of relationship. Christmas reminds us of the power that we find that joy is found in Jesus. I love it says in Galatians 5 verse 22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are all results of us being connected to Jesus. They start to flow out of our life. There's some gifts right there that we could give to people around us this Christmas season. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, There's some things that we can contribute and that's the transformation of actually being in relationship with Jesus. When we're connected to Him, the blessing of relationship starts to transform our life, transform the people around us as we just continue to stay connected to Him. So John 3.16 says this, For this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to judge the world, but to save the world through Him. The reason Jesus came, the response asked of us, and the reward of knowing Jesus is all found in that passage. And that's what Christmas reminds us of. 
And so, Lord, this morning, I pray that over this Christmas season that we would remember that the greatest gift is actually quite simple. It's Jesus. And even though we may perhaps talk about it, we have traditions that are surrounding it, Lord, it's actually our heart response to know you and to know you closely that is our choice. And I pray that over this season that we would grow closer to you, Jesus, that we'd understand the reward of relationship and that we would live with purpose, knowing, Lord God, you intimately and closely. I pray and I ask that this morning in your powerful name, Jesus. Amen. And with everyone's eyes closed and heads bowed for a moment, I just want to ask you the question this morning, how is your spiritual life? Are you connected with Jesus? Maybe you've gone off course or maybe you don't know Jesus personally. Well, today is an opportunity to actually correct that, to make the decision this morning to know Jesus in a personal way. There's nothing more powerful than that. It's the message of Christmas. Jesus came to earth for you to save you from your sins and to give you life and freedom in Him. So with everyone's eyes closed and head bowed this morning, I want you to reflect on your life and say, just in your own heart this morning, do I need to make an adjustment? Do I need to draw closer to God? Do I need to just get things right with God? I don't want to just go through this Christmas season knowing God from a distance. I want to know Him closely. I want to know the Creator personally. And I'm going to pray a prayer right now. I'm going to ask you to repeat it after me. And let's really commit our hearts to Jesus and commit to growing closer to Him in this Christmas season. Dear Lord Jesus, today I give you my life. For my sins, I'm sorry. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your love. Help me to live each day for you and to serve you only, to know you intimately. In Jesus' name. Now, we always say it. Don't forget the reason for Christmas, the reason for the season. And sometimes our sayings and our rituals and all that kind of stuff, they just go like this. But can I encourage you over this Christmas time to really have heart connection with Jesus, to really lean into Jesus, to know Him intimately, to know the gift, not just to know about the gift. It's the greatest gift we can give to those that are around us, to know Jesus and allow the fruits of that to spill out and be a gift to all those that are around us. Come on, let's worship as we close this morning.